Hello and welcome back to the Unrefined Podcast. We're back for episode two and I know there's been quite a bit of a break. I do plan on doing these on a weekly basis. Haven't figured out an exact schedule yet so we'll work on that but I was out of town on vacation on a cruise with my husband. Just a fun trip. We went to Mexico. It was awesome and I put a poll on the Unrefined Podcast Instagram page, so if you're not following that page, go ahead and head over to Instagram. It's Unrefined, the Unrefined Podcast, I think, or Unrefined.podcast. Yeah, Unrefined.podcast on Instagram, and I put a poll on two different topics that I thought about covering today. It was finances and then why you should elope. I plan on covering both these topics. I just didn't know which one I wanted to do first. So y'all voted on finances. It was super close. It was like only one vote won the the poll. So so today we're going to be talking about finances, which is perfect coming off a of vacation and saving for a vacation. And a little bit about backstory with me is in my family, for whatever reason, I'm like the finance person. My parents growing up were always super good with their finances. My grandfather was actually the guru of finances and he passed that down to all of us. And so when there are people in my family or people that have questions about finance when it comes to saving or budgeting or things along those lines, I, my family usually reference to me. I don't, I don't know. I've just always been financially independent and intelligent, I guess you could say. So I thought that we would talk about that this podcast and I could give any tips or tricks that I do. I'm going to cover finances as someone who is single because I have been there and I've been financially independent, uh, living on my own as a single woman and then also finances as someone who's married. My husband and I have some cool finance things that we do that have been really awesome for our relationship and so I thought I'd give a little bit of insight into that and we've been married now for two years and we've had our finances together for about two years like right before we got married and we, I know it's only been two years, but we rarely fight about finances because it was a huge discussion before we got married and it was something that we really talked about and we came to compromises on things and because of that, because we were so open about it, it's just something that we're on the same page about and we don't really fight about finances that much and I know that can obviously change in the future, but um. So yeah, so let's go ahead and dive in and today, so we'll start with finances at like things that I learned along the way when I was single and something I definitely want to touch on is that when you are talking about finances, you definitely have to 
write down or have in your mind, even in like your notes app and your phone of what is your goal? Is your goal to save for something? Is your goal to travel? Is your goal to just live on your own? Like, like what is your goal financially? And so that needs to be at the forefront of any financial decision. And with that goal, there are going to be compromise because you can't just go and do whatever you want and still reach that goal financially because most of us don't have the expendable income to just do whatever we want. That's very rare. Um, And so I'm talking to the normal. You have a job. You're working 40 hours a week and you have to budget. You can't just spend on whatever you want. And so so being single, there was a few things that I would do financially. So I would have, I would write down all of my bills that I had to pay on a monthly basis. And then I would minus that out. And I would divide that into two because another thing you have to think about when you're thinking about finances, how often do you get paid? So some people get paid two times a month. Some people get paid every other week. Some people get paid weekly, which is kind of rare, but how often do you get paid? And a lot of people will tell you to budget on a monthly basis, which is great, but I think even taking it more granular than that and budgeting for each paycheck is vital to your success because that if you're going on a monthly budget it can be very easy for one paycheck to be like oh I can overspend here on my credit card and then it'll it'll come back in the next paycheck and you don't want to do that you want to be spending what you have in the bank and of course there are reasons why you would have a credit card and I can get into that, but that is a very dangerous line to go down. So you're going to put all your monthly expenses together. Then you are going to put your entire monthly income and you're going to minus out all of your expenses. Whatever is left over, you are going to create budgets. So this can be very different for each individual person. And for me, I would have a grocery budget that I would need to stay in. I would have a gas budget and I always would go a little bit over like 50 to a hundred dollars over depending on how tight your budget's going to be and more than I would spend so that I had a little bit of wiggle room, especially on gas because gas is always up and down. So I'd have a gas budget and then I would also have like a fun money budget And again, you want to go a little bit over than what you think and think in your brain, like, what do I spend my fun money on? And then specifically for women, I would also have a hair care budget because we all know hair care can be very expensive. And if that is something that matters to you, definitely put a budget together. Okay, I get my hair done every eight weeks. So that means I need to be saving this amount on a monthly basis, if that makes sense. And then I would also have an emergency fund long-term savings. And you want this, honestly, to be 10 to 20% of your paycheck if you can. This is something for emergencies only, and this is something that you also want to build over time. So you can get granular and you can create it within your emergency fund, like car care and... um like any kind of like 
health care or things along those lines. Uh, so you can go granular with it, but I would just put a good hefty 20% of each of my paycheck into that emergency fund. And that would usually cover what I needed covered. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm kind of getting sick. So, um, so with that, you have your budget, stay within your budget. And then the other thing too is if you want to go on vacations, and I highly recommend it because you need a mental break and you need you need that time to get away and have fun and go see things. And that could be something as little as driving down to like, for me, like driving down to Austin, which is like three hours and staying a weekend and having a weekend trip. Like, so I have my emergency fund and then I also have a separate account for my vacation fund because that's something that's very important to me. And so I would put a certain amount in that vacation fund. And when I was single, I would require enough to go on two vacations a year. And so that would mean that I knew I would need about $1,500 to go on a vacation. So every six months, I would need $1,500 put away in that vacation fund. And then that $1,500 would go towards that vacation. I could spend that money on vacation. And depending on the vacation you want to go on, it might be more than that, might be less. And so once I have all those budgets, then I decided, okay, how many checking accounts and saving accounts do I want? Because for me, I need to visually be able to see the number and not have to do math all the time. So here is how my specific accounts worked. I had my normal checking, which would be for my grocery and my gas um, and any of my fund money as well. And that is, I could see that whole number and that was what I was alluded to spend for those two weeks that I had that paycheck. Then I would have my emergency fund savings account. And so all I would immediately transfer my money and as soon as my paycheck would hit into that emergency fund and honestly act like it was not there and just look at make it build over time unless I needed to use it for an emergency and then I would have a separate savings account for my vacation savings account so I would have two savings accounts and I would um I would transfer that money into that vacation account the awesome thing about savings accounts at, mo- at most banks is that you have an alluded amount of transfers. So you can't continually just transfer. Sometimes you only have like four transfers a month. And so that is going to limit the amount that of the amount of times that you can transfer out of your savings account and that will kind of hold you a little bit more accountable. And so specifically with the vacation fund, it can be really easy to justify in your mind, oh, I'm just going to transfer out. Oh, it's fine. I'll just push the vacation back. It's no big deal. But trust me, you will be very happy with yourself when you get to go on that vacation, take the time off work that you saved up for and go and just have an awesome like vacation time. So maybe that's not important to everyone. Maybe you're like, I don't need vacation. Maybe you can have a separate savings account because you're saving up for a car or you're saving up for a house or really it's just one of those things where you can have a separate savings account for whatever you're wanting to save for and just make sure that that emergency fund is its own uh, savings account because you really don't want to touch that unless you have to. And you want to be able to see the number and not have to do the math because you can kind of justify in the moment if you see a bigger number. That Just mind games. Like, honestly, finances at the end of the day, saving, budgeting is all mind games. And so, 
that is mainly how when I was single, I would uh, budget for myself. I would also, when I would go out, I would, with my friends, I had a lot of times where I had to say no. I would give myself like once a week to be able to go out with my friends to a restaurant and go and have food and some drinks and things and and but that gets expensive very quickly and so I would just give yourself a limit on that and it's really self-control at the end of the day make sure that you have things at home that you can do or invite your friends over to your place and let's do a night in let's see watch a movie at my place there's so many things that you can do so that you're setting yourself up for success on the finance side Now, let's talk credit cards. (laughs) Gotta love it. So, I'm not one of those people that I'm like, you don't need a credit card. Cut them all up. Throw them in the trash. I know there are people that say that and that is one type of financial lifestyle. I'm not that person. I do think there is a need for a credit card, but I am a firm believer in only spending what you have in the bank. So, what do I use credit cards for? Uh, The biggest thing I really use credit cards for is going to kind of surprise you. I always have a credit card on hand for when I'm traveling because they always take a deposit and they put that hold on your account. Well, I don't want that hold to be on my funds that are in my checking account because I don't want to have to fight that. It's way easier to fight something where if a hotel is like, I'm charging you this, it's way easier to fight it on a credit card than it is to fight it on your checking account. I've just noticed that personally. And so having that credit card to give to a hotel or any any kind of business that requires a whole deposit on your account, credit card is vital for that. So that's just my personal recommendation. And then also on any big purchases I do use my credit card because you do get the points and so you can use those points for travel for hotels for things and so there are a lot of people that will use credit cards for points and they will charge everything on their credit card and I have done that at some point and the points are really nice just make sure that when you're using your credit card I honestly use the credit card the one I have and I transfer the funds I'm sorry, I transfer the funds immediately over to the, uh, to the credit card, so it comes out of my, my checking, and I pay it off right away. I don't pay it at the end of the month. I don't pay it twice a month. I pay it immediately, and that just works for me because I don't want to get into that habit of using that credit card as like a pay, I'll pay it later. I've never done that. I always use what I currently have in the bank. So that is why I use a credit card. And now I kind of want to go into finances as like a couple, as a married couple, because, oh, I'm sorry, I am kind of getting sick. So, anyways, um, I have noticed lately that there are a lot of married couples that are not combining finances and that is completely their decision. But I'll say this. So this is my opinion and that's why I started this podcast because us people pleasers here need to learn how to speak their truth. So this is my truth when it comes to combining finances as a married couple. So if there's some reason you're holding on to, you know, in this past relationship that I didn't want 
to combine finances because I was wronged in the past. This is just one thing that I will say to those out there that might have this mindset moving forward into a marriage is that if you don't trust the person you're with wholly with the finances that that you have, then maybe consider going through some kind of counseling, like premarital counseling with that person, or maybe think about why you don't trust that person. Do they have a gambling problem? Do they have a spending problem? Things along those lines. And that is such a huge part of marriage and your finances being combined is a way for you as a married couple to move towards your life goals together because a lot of life goals require finances. So when it comes to Sean and I, my husband, in finances, there's a lot of things that we are, we have combined finances and we can look at our bank account. We could be like, this is something we really want to do. How do we work towards this together? How do we compromise? And so compromise is a huge part and just having those conversations and sitting down and saying, how do we want to run our finances and how is this going to look? And like, let's come to something that works for both of us. So there's a few things that we talked about before we got married on how we want to run our finances. And I... This might not be for everybody, but this is just how we do it. And if this is something that might help one couple out there be something that they think is like such a good idea, then that'd be awesome. But so we have our normal like joint checking and that's for gas, food and like extra spending money during the week. We also have a vacation savings account because that was really important to me. That was something that was not important to Sean. He didn't really care much about vacation, but I told him I want to travel. I want to go on vacations at least twice a year. And he was like, you know what? Okay, yep, we can do that. That's awesome. You're already doing that. And so we allude a certain amount of funds to the vacation savings account every single month. That was his compromise. And then we also have our emergency fund that our long-term savings. So our emergency and our long-term savings are the same. And we have a goal that we want to hit for that. That is like our like, okay, we hit that goal. That's awesome. Doesn't mean we're going to stop putting into that. But our goal for that emergency fund is to have six months worth of funding, like funds to cover our bills and our gas and like expenses. And so for us, I think that number is like 20,000 or something like that. So our that is our like goal. And then we're going to continue to build off of that. But that is our like minimal goal. And then the other accounts we have, this one was my compromise because I didn't necessarily see a huge need for that for me. But we have two individual like allowance accounts. And so what that is, Sean has an allowance account. I have an allowance account. And those are like our individual accounts. We are not on each other's. And so we each get a looted allowance per paycheck. And the reason that Sean wanted this and that which why I also thought it was a good idea is because we didn't want to have to check in for like the little things. And so what I mean is like I want to go get a Starbucks coffee and I can just go use my allowance on that. Or I want to go buy a new book and I can use my allowance for that. And then also like say like, oh, I spent my allowance. I want a book. Then I'm like, okay, hey, can I, can I go buy this like with joint? Like we always say that like, hey, can, is this joint? Can I, can I buy this with joint? And so like, obviously we have that conversation then. And he always goes in because I can just like, 
be like, please. And he'll be like, yeah. But anyways, so, so we both have individual allowance accounts. And then also Sean's love language. I I just want to put this out there for anyone who might have the same, uh, like a significant other whose love language is this, but Sean's love language is gifts. And so a big thing with gifts is like thought and like surprise and things like that. And so he's actually used a lot of his allowance to surprise me with like gifts because that's also the way he like shows love. And so it's just something like it gives us a little bit more financial freedom and it's such a small amount. Like it's like I want to say let me let me do like the quick math. It's literally like three percent like total like three percent of our income or I might be doing five percent of our total income that we split so that's like two and a half percent per person and so but it's such a little amount and it just does so much for the people that just want a little bit like of freedom from their spouse and so something that I've heard is like oh I'm nervous about what they spend their money on and it's there's there's two things like Again, if you're going into marriage and you're like, I'm nervous about what this person's going to spend their allowance on, uh, maybe maybe talk about that in, in premarital counseling. Um, and then also, for me, like letting go of control on total finances, like Sean is also his own person and he has a right to spend money. He works so hard and he, he's such, he's such a hard worker that he's earned that. You know what I mean? Like if, if you're in a marriage together and you're, you both work, even if someone stays home, they're working hard, they're with the kids, they earn a right to be able to spend partial of that money on what they want to spend it on. And it's okay to come to that conclusion. And so the allowance account has honestly been an amazing addition to our relationship. We haven't had any problems with it. Um, it's kind of like a funny thing sometimes. And But our communication on finances have been amazing when it comes to to anything joint related, savings related, we always follow back up on goals. So that's another thing that I want to touch on with a partner. You're with a partner and you have combined finances and and goals. And so I think it's really, really important to at least check in on the, some people say on a monthly basis. I'm like, okay, that's a lot because not a lot changes on a monthly basis, but I would say at least check in twice a year, like every six months and be like, okay, is this still our goal? Should we still be putting this much into vacation and this much into um, long-term savings and just continue to check in on those goals and adjust the budget as you go? And so, and like big life changes, you know, like someone wants to go back to school or if uh, someone wants a new car or, you know, those type of things. So, um, that's really important. Another thing I want to touch on with combined finances. So you have two paychecks usually. I'm I'm going off I'm going off the basis that both parties work because if you're only working off one paycheck, what I said before still stands long-term savings allowances. Um I would very edge on the side of caution of ever if one person works and one stays home um really saying, you know, hey, I'm the one who makes all the money, so I deserve this. I would really, you know, I, I feel like I don't need to say that, but I feel like I should, I just was like, I should say that, but that kind of goes without being said, right? 
Because if one person is staying home, there's usually a reason for it. You're saving on daycare or you're there. There's usually a good reason. And so um, just make sure you keep it equal. Like this person get if you are going to do the allowance route, you each get the same exact amount because that's just going to keep the tension down. And it's it just I don't want to say it's fair. I hate that word, but it just keeps it keeps it even keel, you know, and not one person is going to end up resentful. That is something that you definitely want to avoid in finances is resentment if you can. So, if you go into a big decision or financial decision, be like, okay, could my partner resent me for this? Um, And you just want to avoid that. And so, that's just a recommendation. Where was I going? Oh my gosh, I got off on a tangent. Okay, so two incomes. And so one thing I want to make sure that I've always been raised on this and this was such a good it this was such good advice that was given to me growing up. When you have two incomes, you want to make sure that you can fully live off of one income. So what that means is you want to make sure that you can pay all your bills, you can buy food, and you can buy gas. Your the necessities off of one income. That is just because you want to expect the worst. Someone gets fired or leaves a job or something like that and everything is still covered. So, you don't necessarily want to be living to the brim of your financial capacity. And so, and you also want to take the person that makes the least amount of money and live off of that one paycheck. So, for me and Sean, we live off of my paycheck we can pay all my bills, our bills with my paycheck. We can pay, uh, we can buy food and buy gas with my paycheck. Of course, it's going to be tight. It's not going to be a great experience. But with that being said is everything will be taken care of. Sean can go get a part-time job to put some extra money away. It won't be as stressful and dire of a situation where we're going to lose our house or we're living to the brim of our capacity so that if someone does lose their job, it's going to be like a life all ending situation. And so that's just some really good advice that I was always taught. And even like if one of us starts to make less money, we make a career shift, it's not going to be the end of the world. And so that is the biggest thing that I see couples do that is a mistake is they're living to the brink of both of their incomes and then something happens and it's the end of the world and it's like, how about you take that other larger paycheck and you go and do vacations on that and you put that money away and you have fun and and things like that. And so, like, if you're going into buying a house, really put that into the budget and, and living off of that one income and what can you really afford and just prepare for the things that are big possibilities of happening because job changes happen all the time. And so, that was just such good advice that I got and it's just such a a really nice feeling to know that if one of us did for whatever reason lose our job, that's not the end of the world. And I think that that's just such a gift that I was given. And that was passed down from my grandfather to my parents than to me. And I just, I've, I've always followed that rule. And that's just always been such a gift and such a peace in my life, if that makes sense. So I think that's all on finances that I have when it comes to single and, uh, in joint finances. I think the biggest thing I would say is 
um, when you're single and in a relationship, there are going to you're going to need to make sacrifices. Maybe you can't get that shirt that you want or you can't, uh, you know, go and do that thing with your friends. And, and I think that you really need to put down what are the things that are super, super important to you and everything on top of that's just extra and the extra you can say no from time and time, from time to time, if I can speak. And then, also, just touching on the uh, financials of a married couple, and I just really would um, recommend looking, if you are not combined and you are married, just looking into that and, and really looking in and, and asking yourself why, and then just lo- thinking long-term, because when, you're ma- when you marry someone, it's forever, right? And so, um, everyone's different, and you might not agree with my opinion on that, but I would just think long term and really sitting down with your with your wife or husband and and going through and seeing if that it could be a possibility and how that would work and having those hard conversations because they're going to come up eventually and so you might as well have it now instead of later so that is a short episode today I know um that's all I really have on finances specifically for me. I hope that I gave some advice that might help someone out there maybe. I don't know. And if you have any questions, like extra questions that you want to ask, you can always go to the unrefined.podcast Instagram and shoot me a DM. I am an open book. I will give you all of the things that I know when it comes to finances. feel like I right now am probably the most financially stable I've ever been and that is a big portion to Sean as well and so I just would love to help anyone out there that might have any questions and I didn't even dive into business finances that's a whole other thing and I am still learning on that so if later down the road I'm like okay I feel like I got this business finance thing down I could maybe go into that um in a future podcast for people that might be wanting to get into business but right now I'm not I'm not very I'm still learning so um other than that, let's do another episode in a week and I think I'm going to touch on why you should elope and my whole like elopement story and then also like wedding story because I have I have done the wedding thing and I've done the elopement thing and I have some very strong opinions on that and so anyone out there that's had a wedding or has those experiences I feel like we can relate or anyone that is on the on the cusp of like oh I'm thinking about having a big wedding or maybe eloping I have both sides that I can share and the pros and cons of both so That is all I have for this week, and thank you so much for joining me. I've had so much fun talking to everyone about the first episode, and I'm just really enjoying just sitting down and talking and having like a moment with the girlies because I'm just, I'm around guys all day, and I'm like, I just, I want to talk with the girlfriends, you know, and so um, after the first episode, I shout out my friend Hannah that got me into reading. And now I'm in a book club, which like so fun. I freaking, I love it. I love, I love the idea of being able to talk to girls about books. Like that's so fun. And so, um, yeah, I just want to talk about everything and anything. If you have anything you want me to touch on, definitely shoot me a DM. I'll do more of the polls on my Instagram for any topics that I'm thinking about doing. So that's definitely the place to, to 
follow and get updates on. And I guess I'll talk to y'all next time. It was so nice seeing you're talking about finances. I know so interesting, but I will see y'all next time and it won't be as long. I promise. All right. Bye.